The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct. Hi, this is ProAct Sam with Living and Working Abroad podcast. Um, We're coming into March and Brexit month, and we're looking for some rapid conclusions. As we said in our recent uh, vlogs and uh, blogs available through our website at ProActPartnership.com for Brexit for uh, expats, that we expect that the 29th of March Brexit day will go ahead. The reason for that are manifold, but it's the end of a, the term of a, the EU Commission. It needs new parliamentary elections for the uh, MEPs. And the summit meeting is the week before the 21st of March, which the summit meeting of EU leaders, the EU 27, need to unanimous unanimously approve the withdrawal treaty if the UK sign up to it. So everything is orchestrated to finish this week and has been for the last two years. What we're looking for now is the orchestrated finish and uh, we, we find that that has begun. So there's lots of panic going on for EU expats in the UK and UK expats in the EU, but actually family and business, if they plan ahead, knowing what the rules are today, there remains some uncertainty, and then we can move forward from there. So let's have a look at what's happening this month. Um, In the first week of the month, we now find that the EU EU are receiving a delegation of the UK Attorney General, Ministers and Brexit Secretary to negotiate on the withdrawal treaty. Now the EU have been maintaining for the last six months that the withdrawal treaty is non-negotiable but because they just need to uh, compromise and agree between the UK and the EU to find a common way. Now the UK Parliament have done their bit to get the tacit support cross-party from MPs to to try and get the deal approved next week and uh, despite the the opposition party in the UK wanting an election rather than uh, Brexit, before Brexit, I should say. So the UK are coming thinking that uh, the government can say to the EU, we think we can now get a majority if you can give us these assurances. Uh, The EU have been ready to give those assurances to the UK for many weeks and months, um, but they've held back because as far as they're concerned, the, the, they didn't want to give in for the UK, for Theresa May to then come back again with a further revision. So now we've come to the, the end game. Um, week one, uh, the UK and the EU do their negotiation. And that will mean that by the end of this week, around the 8th, 9th, 10th of March, suddenly EU and UK will get the concessions that they need to get a, a, an approvable withdrawal treaty. The EU and the UK, well, certainly Theresa May's government, on the same side, they want to approve their withdrawal treaty. And that's what's going to go to the vote in week two of March. And and if they can get that through on a cross-party basis, um, then all is well with the EU. Now, there is an end game planned in there that, that if that withdrawal treaty fails, they then vote for no deal or, or an extension. And uh, you know, going forward on a no deal basis, would that be an option? 
uh, possibly depending on what is agreed in week one. In week one of March, um, there's a remote possibility, this is my idea, that the EU and the UK could say, well, we're not, we can't get a deal through Parliament. So what we will do is we, we will agree to proceed on the basis of the withdrawal treaty without it being formally approved by Parliament in the UK or the EU uh, summit uh, of, of leaders. Um, so they will both work and act within the terms of the withdrawal treaty without it being legally binding. That might go against some of the things that EU have been saying, but it actually, uh, with goodwill, c can be enforced on both sides. Um, and the reason that the precedent for that is that the, the withdrawal treaty period to the end of December 2020 is actually designed to uh, allow a trade uh, uh, agreement to be negotiated between the UK and the EU um, so that Brexit date doesn't stop the haggling and the discussions it actually merely is the start of, of the main negotiation and the the false mistakes they made in setting up the EU withdrawal process um, is what has brought all this angst and this delay and this waste of time so it could be possible that they could say, well, we've got the withdrawal treaty, we can't ratify it in the EU and we can't ratify it in the UK. So let's work on this basis. And on, on the 1st of April, they can sign an accord to say, right, we, we've got the basis of a, an agreement. And meanwhile, rather than trade under world trade rules, we're gonna stick to this agreement um, to the end of December, 2020 for the next, um, 21 months that's what they plan to do anyway that's what the withdrawal treaty says and they can just sign a post brexit agreement and they can sign that memo of principle between the eu and the uk to do that anyway uh, be, before before brexit goes ahead and, and that way because the uk and the eu are perfectly aligned on brexit day they can just everything can carry on as it is until the end of next year to the end of 2020 which is what the transition deal does for, for trade and customs and that gives them allows them the time to negotiate the, the new deal uh, the EU can either come up with a deal or not come up with a deal um, and if they want to drag it on that that is a different political motivation uh, to the British if in this week one of March they suddenly accept well we want a deal and we will give these concessions to the UK to allow them the withdrawal treaty to go ahead and be approved by the UK Parliament, they can avoid all that angst going forward. And that is a, an EU choice in a way and part of the wider political vested interests that, that, that go on to, to try and stop that. I believe that we will find that suddenly peace will break out the EU will agree, there'll be fine words, nice words over the weekend between week one of March and week two to allow uh, every chance for the withdrawal treaty to be approved by the UK Parliament next week. If not, I believe that they will already have a agreed a fallback position if no deal is agreed to say that we will follow the withdrawal treaty without formally ratifying it and in effect have an unofficial transition period that they can then 
verify on the 1st of April under world trade rules as this is the way we're going to trade together. Um, and so that will lead to week three in March, which is the summit meeting for the EU leaders to then either approve the um, withdrawal treaty, assuming they can get it through, but even no, even uh, or even agree to any extension of the UK's um, uh, a, a Brexit situation if there was a short term extension needed to get laws through Parliament. But as Ireland showed in February, they brought forward one bill that they've, they've put through Parliament, which is ready to put in place in times of Brexit. So everything's organised for them. Everything can be organised very quickly if everybody focus their mind. And the beauty of a no-deal Brexit means that government has to take action to sort things out rather than organising everything in advance. It's forced to deal with them in real time. And the politics and, and self-interest of negotiation processes uh, are not going to muddy the water. The, the noise from big business that has got a vested interest in the status quo is not going to be a factor in these negotiations. Uh, professional family and business that are planning living and working abroad or in the UK have already made their arrangements and the contingencies based around the new rules. For example, in Cyprus, the UK expats have got a special uh, allowance they've had for six months now to get a, an EU-based permanent residency application through, which gives them 10 years freedom of movement between the UK and Cyprus. The UK have agreed for EU expats will have um, the same rights and freedoms during the transition period after Brexit Day on the 29th of March, uh, even if there's no deal. So the UK have already ratified that nothing will change to the end of December 2020. And if the EU can reciprocate to that, as we said earlier, then we, we go through the, a transition period with or without the withdrawal treaty, whether there's a deal or, or no deal. And then um, <clears throat> the Cyprus have reciprocated that, but we have had a recent change at the beginning of March that the Cyprus are now saying that um, the, the UK citizens must get an EU citizenship uh, residency permit before Brexit Day on the 29th of March, and possibly even for the permanent residency. Now, permanent residency options does exist for non-EU citizens, but it's a different set of rules and a different set of proofs. And how the Cyprus will approach that after 29th of March is very uncertain. And the current recommendation from Cyprus is to bring forward your, your application and make sure it's completed legally before the 29th of March. So if you want any help with that, we, we ask you to contact Product Partnership uh, through our website, contact us, and we can help and guide you uh, with that. Or go to our Living and Working Broad page on Facebook and uh, uh, leave a comment or a question there and we'll see how we can help you and what we can do. Um, and for EU expats from the 29th of March, they can apply for an online settled status. It's the UK equivalent of permanent residency. That's not open forever, uh, but it's open through the transition period and, and with a six month grace to allow EU expats to have a settled status in the UK where they can live and work abroad for the rest of their life in the UK uh, 
with their family if they choose wish without taking a British citizenship. Um, they, they have that option if they live there long enough, but they don't have to take the citizenship route. They can have a settled status route. Um, dual citizenship is available for the UK if your home country allows that. Interestingly, uh, one of the changes uh, that's come up uh, is that Germany have allowed dual citizenship for UK citizens in the run-up to, to Brexit with, with no deal. So there's lots of options for expats. Uh, go along to our website at projectpartnership.com where you can tune in to our Living and Working Abroad YouTube channel and our Facebook page, Living and Working Abroad, and like, share and comment the videos and the blogs to friends and family and business um, or living and working abroad and um, that you might find helpful uh, on what we're doing and we appreciate your comments and any input that you've got so we can share that with our community of expats living and working abroad so that pro exam thank you for listening join us again next time um, uh, the next proact uh, living and working abroad podcast the proact know-how brought to you by proact